Welcome to the Modern CPA Success Show, where we're 100% focused on helping accounting firms achieve success. If you're an accounting firm owner who wants to learn how to grow your firm by providing virtual CFO services, then this podcast is for you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's podcast. Today, we have a dope CFO um, on the line with us here. So we're really excited to get right into this. This is uh, Andrew Hunziker, and his firm is actually called Dope CFO. So we're going to get a little bit more into that name and what he does. But before we get too far into it, uh, Andrew, why don't you give us a little bit of your background and kind of talk about how you got um, to where you are today? Okay, just um, I guess the quick look. Quick story would be got my CPA in 95 and was in like many of us in big four was in Dallas at PricewaterhouseCoopers and then actually switched to Grant Thornton to move. Like you said, moving to where I wanted to move Oklahoma City, which was where my my original um, home was there. And like, again, like many of us big four, I rolled out to a client as CFO literally on the first day of this century i think it's january 2nd of 2000 and i was there for 10 years oil and gas um cfo my my boss and myself founded separately a a drilling company in 2006 with private equity and we did an exit of that company in 2010 to chesapeake energy and when that happened i basically packed my bags and i moved where we vacationed which is bend oregon and i still live here today so it's kind of a vacation town and we have a ski area etc so it's um, lived here the last 11 years and been cfo on my own since then accidentally got into the cannabis space um, when oregon was one of the first states to legalize there was a lab here that needed help doing due diligence. And so started helping them. Um, and it just, it just one thing led to an, another CFO job. Uh, it was very interesting space. Um, nobody, especially in the CPA side at that point would even touch cannabis, but I thought it was actually pretty fun. I'd been helping high tech companies out here who, who typically the way I describe high tech companies they've all got Harvard MBAs. They all tell you they know more about accounting than you do. I'm talking about the founders, but they're all broke. They have no money and they're raising money. Um, (laughs) Cannabis conversely, the the CEOs are often, you know, in their thirties, they're pretty cool. They'll tell you they know nothing about accounting and tax. And by the way, they got $8 million um, because they're (laughs) well-funded. And so those clients, which they make great clients (laughs) and good, uh, customer appreciation nights. I don't know. Like yes. I was, I was expecting a different story into your, <laughs> into your, um, into, uh, how you got started there, but yeah, that's, that's pretty amazing. I mean, so were you scared off at all, uh, at the beginning? Cause I, we were kind of talking about how the AICPA now is kind of opening up and, yeah. and really embracing it now. And, you know, it's, it's only a matter of time before it's kind of whatever everywhere, but, um, every time you would like go and look up any kind of guidance, um, they'd always be like, nope. Yeah, we don't, we don't <laughs> yeah. touch it. And um, yeah, that, the Journal of Accountancy has told me like three different times they won't write about it. But then I'll email them back. It's like, oh, I actually saw an article you put in there. Um, I've written for Accounting Today three times. But yeah, we're AICPA now is finally putting on a fall conference, November 8th at Caesars in Las Vegas for two days. It's all cannabis. Most of the other big national firms you you've heard of are helping put on the conference so so a lot of players are there 
and so yeah many cpas early on were just like we're not touching this with a 10-foot pole they were scared of it etc i didn't care as much because i had already i mean i'm almost 60 i kind of semi-retired i didn't i really wasn't that concerned you know i can take whoever client i want i i only work part-time as well since I've been here. Um, so I wasn't as worried, but it's funny, the firms, even like Bend, Oregon, where I live, 100,000 people, none of the CPA firms at first would touch it. Now, every last one of them has clients. And so I think what happens with most firms across the US as we expanding rapidly eastward, you say, oh, I'm not gonna touch it. And then, and then you just start turning clients away left and right. And then you're like, wait a minute, maybe I should do this. Uh, maybe it's actually lucrative. It's, you know, we talk about niches, vastly underserved by CPA still. Um, it's a little bit complex. These clients, a single client can easily be mid six figures, um, just one client and those fees growing. Um, so yeah, it makes a great niche. And, and this is mom and pop where, you know, your, your average one to two dispensary chain with maybe a farm on the side is, is a $10 million company. So they're, they're not like getting a coffee shop client or whatever. Yeah, they, they've actually got the ability to pay and and just yeah. need that extra. Um, now, do you find that most of them, you know, whenever we were, it, they're either on the retail side or the seed side, or do you find that that's usually kind of? It's, it's all over. And so really the mult, so dispensaries and farms are the biggest side, but you'll find the cannabis companies themselves, they start figuring out really quickly because of the punitive tax laws. It's, it's very advantageous for them to vertically integrate if, they, if the state allows it, which many do. And so more often than not, even if you start off with a dispensary, they're gonna add a farm. The next thing farms add is the processing, chemical processing to make the oil. Then they start making products. Um, some of them have delivery companies or distribution. And so you'll often find in mom and pop eight to 10 legal entities and ver vertical integration as well. So it's, it definitely got some complexity, cost accounting's involved for certain, and there's tax and compliance issues. There's the cash and banking issues, there's software issues because a lot of software won't serve the niche. And so you can either look at it as, oh, this is just a total mess. I don't wanna to touch this with a, a 10 foot pole or it's got a ton of opportunity and, and high paying fees as well. So if you, if you do all that valuation and kind of look at it and say, I think this is something I do wanna go down. So other than attending that conference in November, where else would you get started? Cause like you said, there's a lot of regulation. There's a lot of um, special things you need to understand in order to get into this industry. Where would you recommend someone start? Well, the, I mean, not to plug us, but dopecfo.com, <laughs> you'll find, um, yeah, we've got a complete program that's educate. It's not just education. It's actually all the tools as well. We built all the tools and work papers from engagement letter, controls, documents, charts of accounts, cost accounting templates. So if you're really interested, yeah, we've, we've got a complete package. Um, you can, but even if you just want to check us out for the free side, we have tons of blogs and info about that cover lots of different topics and that the conference in November will be awesome as well. There'll be tons of, so on the, the fall conference, there's gonna be some tracks more for the small CPA firm that wants, you know, get in the space. And then there'll be about half the tracks are for bigger firms that wanna go down the assurance, audit, advisory, M&A, public filings, which will be coming along, you know, once we can get this thing legalized. Um, just saw that, that the house today introduced a bill um, to fully decriminalize cannabis. 
So we're, we're moving quickly, both state front and federally. And so we, we actually saw this with CBD and hemp legalized completely in 2018. And so there, there's a decent chance that cannabis will, will go down that path as well. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, and totally to plug uh, your website, I mean, it, it, a couple of years ago, whenever we picked up our first client, like you were the only resource out there. Like I said, you couldn't go everywhere else was saying, you know, disclaimer, don't do this. And you all were great about sharing information, getting out in front of everybody saying, you know, this is what you need to do. This is how you do it. Like you mentioned the programs on there, there really isn't any other resource out there like that. I mean, I know you're trying to change that and working with the AICPA and stuff, but, um, but definitely that is, and and, you know, that's the place to go. Yeah, we have, um, and there are a couple other, there's, there's a um, EA group that does some tax return stuff, um, CPE as well, John Sheely's group. And then also just, if you want to, my um, Instagram actually just started this recently. It's at dope CFO one. So I put a one on the end of it and um, I'm putting out a lot. I'm basically connecting daily and doing webinars or whatever the latest news in the industry or um really i needed some place where i could just talk daily there's so much going on it's funny you know five years ago we kind of have a big news story every month i it's every day you're reading about a new state or a new bill or a new whatever and you can hardly keep up with all all the stuff going on in the space where do you see the the industry heading like you said as it gets more um nationally accepted i I can't help but to think, you know, and this is what I was thinking a couple of years ago. It's like all the big players, you know, that are getting kicked out of their space are like, obviously see the, um, it would just seem like there'd be a lot of consolidations coming. I don't know. Like, yeah, there'd be tons of M M and a, and I think, I think if you go out like 30, 40 years, I think you're going to see a ton of similarities to the craft brew industry and wineries. And so, you know, wineries have been around for, hundreds of years and um you could still open a winery i mean I, I know two or three wineries here in bend oregon that have opened in the last five years so you can still you know 50 years from now open up a cannabis farm and, and develop a brand and so i think on the product side if you're if you're a farm or a processor or you make a product which could be beverages could be foods could be lotions whatever the brands are going to end up winning out in the long term you'll you like we may see a hundred different power bars with cbd in them but there's just going to be a few winners in the space same on on the marijuana and strains there are going to be people that want certain strains and don't want others the dispensary side in the long term, I mean, it's kind of like, um, depending if we go down the the social where you can have like a pub and we can actually go smoke pot and drink beer at the, and hang out. But if, if it's just to go buy some pot or whatever, there's already delivery companies like Dutchie that will just, it's like pizza, you know, just you can go online, pick what you want, they deliver to your door in 20 minutes. And so, by the way, um, Dutchie was founded out of Bend, Oregon. It's a billion dollar company at this point. They um, wow. And I know the two founders are like, I don't know, young 30s, and they acquired Greenbits, a P- huge POS system, and Leaf Logics. And it's, it's crazy to see some of these companies, yeah, go from nothing to billions of dollars in a couple of years. Yeah, that's why I was wondering if like, big business would kind of take, you know, kind of consume the market and, 
and, and they they over. will and so yeah i think so D- dutchy which was just founded by a group here that really two young brothers and they acquired green bits which was was huge pos company and and some i know craft uh, macaroni and cheese they had acquired a 20 percent think 25 million dollar stake in flow hub another pos system and so right now just you can look at software in cannabis there's just hundreds of accounting solutions pos systems or whatever just for cannabis that are are pretty big dollar um deals and then yeah on the on the farmer dispensary side yeah there's gonna be tons of of gobbling up of companies but then there will also i think there's always going to be the craft smaller yeah. player yes i was gonna say because even even with beer you have the craft breweries you have the craft companies but of course there's always bud light and cores and some of the some of the big players out there too so it's gonna be interesting to see who takes who takes that path and kind of how they how they do it <laughs> and how they and that's a great budweiser you know in our town bend oregon we have like i think 20 craft breweries here because it's a resort town and and budweiser came in and gobbled up one of them for i think there was a 90 million dollar acquisition um wow. but yeah still the other ones are, are still going strong so it's so still a, a ton of opportunity to help some of these less sophisticated business owners in terms of their financial sophistication help them kind of get straight um now that there's more guidance out there hopefully they'll get a little tax relief too we'll see um but uh you know once they get that you know, it, it will be kind of a, a, a good normal business is what you're saying. Like you can get into cost accounting if you're on the, you know, more on the production side and then, you know, retail. So it's still kind of got the, the, the normal business model just in a very exciting time. Yeah. And it's just, since it's not just one niche, it's actually, um, we were talking about this at the AICPA, it's actually a new industry, a birth of an industry, because you have sub niches, like you could specialize in farming or retail or labs or whatever. You've got these sub or the paraphernalia. Yeah. We had somebody come out and they're doing that. So you got all these different sub niches and we're seeing that people like, Oh, I'm just going to focus on dispensaries. I'm just going to focus on product manufacturers. Um, so so there's there's all that side of it. And then even when we legalize, like we saw with CBD hemp, there's just massive compliance. They're, they have to deal with the FDA, the USDA, um, OSHA as well, those kind of issues. And, and states, states have their, every state has their own rules for these companies. And the FDA is treating CBD and THC like a medical drug since they're being tested and used for real medicine. And which means there's going to be a lot of compliance. Um, a lot of CBD sold illegally across the U.S. right now, um, as well as as Delta Eight THC products. Um, so it's kind of the wild west still. Someday we'll we'll <laughs> think we'll um, be controlled, but but yeah, be buyer beware what you you may buy a CBD product and think it's CBD. There might not be a drop of CBD in there because the FDA is way behind on on catching and shutting these companies down. Um, so yeah. with all with it kind of being the wild wild west i guess you know as a cfo that gives you a lot of opportunities there's a lot of things you can do so obviously your niche is in the cannabis industry but what what is your niche within your niche like what do you do for for cannabis companies do you try to do everything or do you try to specialize in compliance or, or whatever the area they need is so our our basic dope cfo people who come in our program we tell them to as opposed to going to a cannabis company and say hey i'll be your book so we have every skill set in our program we have bookkeepers we have cpas we have enrolled agents we have cfos but instead of saying to the the client hey i'll be your part-time cfo or i'll be your bookkeeper or i'll do your tax return we go in and pitch hey 
we're going to outsource your accounting and tax part department from start to finish. And here's your monthly fee is X and we're going to do everything, which is what the client was here. I mean, you know, bookkeeping, data entry, controller work, CFO work, tax planning, tax returns, the whole ball of wax. And Oh, by the way, yeah, we'll help you with HR and payroll and your cash issues and, and um, even compliance with your state. They'll pay, you know, these, these cannabis companies either need a compliance officer or an accountant can pick that up real easily. It's not that complex and they'll pay you de We, some people will pay you more for the compliance help than they will for the accounting help yeah. just to maintain their, their license, et cetera. And so it's, and then you can, um, if you're a solo person and say you're a CFO, you can outsource the bookkeeping and tax returns to someone else in the community or whatever. Are you interested in offering virtual CFO services at your firm or scaling your existing service offerings? The Virtual CFO Playbook, How to Land $60,000 a Year Clients and Provide a Killer Client Experience, is an online series of modules that will equip you with essential tools for creating and delivering scalable VCFO services. These approaches have helped Summit CPA grow from $500,000 to upwards of $5 million in revenue over the past decade. If you're ready to grow your firm, visit summitcpa.net slash VCFO playbook to enroll now. Any idea of what kind of range of fees, you know, for listeners thinking, you know, hey, what is this kind of market? I mean, I'm sure it's all over the place and the it's, complexity and the size can can vary, but kind of an average engagement kind of look like? It's all over, but really the mom and pop is going to be six figures. So I often use in Bend, Oregon, where I have, we're, you know, 80,000 people here, we have 23 dispensaries, but a client that's um, two dispensaries opening a third, he's got a little coffee shop, just bought half a farm, it's 12 grand a month fees doing, you know, 8 million in sales, he's got 50 employees. Um, what else he's, um, oh, eight legal entities. So you'll find many times you can go, there'll be a dispensary in Boston and you're like, oh, it's a single entity. I'm going to come in to do the accounting and you're going to find out they've got eight legal entities because attorneys are telling them to set up all these multi-entity structures. And so we got eight sets of books, eight tax returns. And so the, we, the way we price quote, we have a price quoting tool. We're going to look at forward revenues. We're going to look at how many legal entities, how many verticals they're in, um, any consolidations. And the more complexity that just keeps adding our fee up, what kind of compliance help they need. And so very typical, I mean, you can even be mid six figures with mom and pop, um, again, I think Tammy in, in Boston, she's not a CPA. She has a single dispensary client that's paying her about 200 a year um, oh, wow. without even having her CPA. And that's just one client. Um, again, just because they, they're, they're in this 10 to $20 million range. And these, in my opinion, if you're going to offer all in accounting, CFO and tax, for a 10 to $20 million company, they should be paying somewhere between 150 to 200, up to four or 500 a year, 500,000 a year in accounting CFO and tax. And the way I compare it to, when I go back to my oil and gas days, we had a 10 to 20 million a year company. My boss, you know, he paid me as a CFO, almost half a million a year. I had a controller making 200. I had seven accounting staff making almost a hundred each. We took up half the space of a building. And oh, by the way, we outsourced audit and tax to Grant Thornton. So in those days, you know, it was totally common for a 10 to $20 million company to be spending way over a million in accounting and tax. 
and CFO, but, but in today's day and age, we can outsource most of that and um, still, still provide great service, but um, simplify our, our life for the client. I'm sure everybody listening is yeah, no, lighting up right now. I, I, yeah, pun intended. Yeah. They're lighting up. Like, <laughs> so. It's yeah, it's yeah. When I talk to someone who says they're staying away, I'm like, yeah, this is. If you're, and I'm almost sixty again. If you're a younger accountant or CPA, um, I talked to my niece this morning that just passed her first part of her CPA exam. What better time to get in with all the remote tools we have um, and all the internet, et cetera, Zoom rooms, um, plus the birth of an industry. We will not see a birth of an industry like this in our lifetimes again, if you're even if you're 20, probably. Um, and so you've got this underserved niche, really high average fees for mom and pops and humongous growth. There's about 100,000 companies in the US right now in CBD and cannabis. That number will easily be half a million companies in two or three years. And so, yeah, lots and lots of opportunity. So, yeah, so obviously to Adam's point with his great joke there, but um, you know, what the, <laughs> what's, uh, so you're talking about an engagement that's, let's just use your first example, it's 12,000 a month. Like how many hours team members are you thinking it's taken to, to serve something like that? Not that many. So it depends on what they've already got over there. So like in this one in town, when I, and this, this actually went back to 2014, they already had a full-time bookkeeper. She was not, she had no clue how to do cost accounting or half the things, but that was okay. They loved her. She's super nice. So I just trained her. And so she still does all the, the day-to-day bookkeeping and data entry. And so on the CFO side, it's maybe, you know, four or five hours a week at most. And um, we find for most clients, whether it's a startup or, you know, really messy cleanup, the first six months is going to be pretty intense. But then even as the fees start to grow after month six, um, as they're growing, the, um, the work ef- effort can actually go down once you put some systems and controls in place. Um, we'll use their staff as well. So things like inventory counts, any kind of thing like uploading invoices, receipts, bank documents, or whatever. We'll have people that are not accountants doing a lot of that stuff as well. Yes, I do know. You, um, do you find being on site is important, or is this a really good opportunity for remote work, like you kind of talked we, about before, even with the farm? We pit, pitch fully remote. That's part of our um, our call with um, prospects, and we let them know hey, you're never going to see us in person, even if you're down the street. We do all this stuff remote. We find it adds more value to our time. Um, You know, I learned that being on my own 11 years, I started realizing, gosh, this time at the client was, maybe it gave them a little more comfort, but generally I wasn't getting any work done when I was at the client. I had to go home to do it. And so nowadays it's just like, look, we work remote. In my mind, if you pick any niche, the whole entire idea of specializing in a niche is you can have a national practice from day one. And your basic selling point is I'm in Oregon, but say I find a farm over there in Indiana, I'm going to say, look, you can use Adam at Summit CPA, but he's a generalist. He doesn't know anything about cannabis accounting. Or you can hire me. I'm going to do your accounting right. We're going to get your taxes correct. We're going to improve your cash flow, uh, make you audit ready all the time. And so it's kind of that compelling pitch that that what does the client really want at the end of the I'm, day? I'm going to tell him that I took your course and I'm just <laughs> as good as he is now because I got all of his, his secrets. That's a sales he'll support, right and he'll support me if I need it. So <laughs> it is. 
funny. I mean, the, the whole niche idea was so new to me. And I think for decades, whether it was Price Waterhouse or Grant Thornton or just Joe CPA, we all bragged everybody that we could do everything in nonprofit retail and every last niche. And then someone along the line figured out, wait a minute, what if I just specialized in a niche? And, and actually, yeah, you can earn higher fees. Your life is easier. Sure. I unfortunately paid somebody seven grand. Um, I, I joke about that. I joined, I took a marketing um, thing. I, I saw a Facebook ad. I got on the phone with this guy who's pretty well known at this point. He wasn't in, he talked me out of seven grand on the phone and my visa. My wife almost killed me. She's, <laughs> she Googled him after I gave him seven grand is like, this guy's a nobody. <laughs> and, but I tell people, he told me to pick a niche and become an expert. That was the only thing he told me that I didn't already know. And it was great advice because at the time I had never even crossed my mind to pick a niche. <laughs> um, yeah. Great lead in for our listeners. Cause actually that's our, our next podcast. We're going to uh, focus specifically on that. Like what it means to be an expert and kind of those um, higher prices you can get a higher price point you can get. And then obviously everybody can do the math on, on what you just said. You know, you're talking 500, $600 an hour um, on a, on a niche where when you're a generalist, there's no way you're getting that. There's no way you're yeah. getting hear that it's because you're the expert and you're their safety net and that's what they're paying for they're paying for the fact that you understand the industry and when something comes up they're going to call you and you know the answer so that that's what they're paying for is that premium so um, yeah great point with and kind of that cfo side of just these cannabis owners are dealing with so many headaches whether it's cash and banking or software or whatever and if you can take away accounting hr tax compliance they will love you (laughs) They've got enough headaches to deal with. Well, the nice thing too, I think, is you know, you worry sometimes about the market being crowded by us. I, I definitely think it's a blue ocean. Obviously, it's expanding, but even the big the big hitters in our space, they still haven't really caught on to how to deliver personal service. And so they're still gonna, like you said, they're gonna start adding all this compliance piece to everything. And, and the bigger firms are probably going to just gravitate towards audit compliance, maybe yeah. tax, and they're going to leave all of this extra value add stuff for smaller firms. So I still think there's plenty of room uh, to get in and, and make a big impact and, and be able to double down in this, in this space. Yeah, I totally agree. And it'll be, um, be interesting to see how, what happens over time. But, um, but these, these companies need good books because like you said, whether you're doing, they're all either going for an exit or an M&A, or they're going to be audited by the IRS or whatever the, the case may be, or audited by their bank. They need good accounting and good financials. And it just still today, I think about nine out of 10 cannabis companies don't even have close to good, good records. Yeah, that makes sense. So we're we're getting close on time here. So I'm just going to take a quick second to throw our email address out there. So um, I do believe we found Andrew um, through through our email, and we'd love to hear from other people that would love to be a guest in the show. I think this has been a, a great episode. So I'd love to hear from more people that would love to join the show and think they'd um, add value to our listeners. So that email address is cpa at summitcpa.net. Again, cpa at s-u-m-m-i-t cpa.net. So love to hear from people. And again, if you have ideas for the show as well, email us there. So um, love to hear some final thoughts, both you, uh, Andrew, and you, Adam. What are some final thoughts you have for our listeners? Um, Well, first of all, Andrew, I apologize. I have my blockbuster shirt in the other room from whenever I visited Bend, Oregon and went to the the last blockbuster. So I made sure... um, 
we didn't know each other at the time but if i make my way back there we'll definitely have to go to a uh yeah. go somewhere hang out but um the uh i think that I, I don't know for me and we talk about this a lot we've done it with our own firm and and we we really um talk a lot about not only finding a a niche, but then becoming a subject matter expert. And Andrew, I think you're a prime example of being able to do both. And so, you know, hats off to you for not only getting into the space and becoming the expert, but then sharing with everybody else and creating these courses and giving people a foundation for, you know, because especially as accountants, we're not super creative people. Um, we need, you know what I mean? We need some guardrails around some of this stuff and then we can get going. And so I just want to thank you for, you know, having Dope CFO out there and providing that training and insight. Because again, it's helped us as well. So. Well, Austin, well, thank you very much. And yeah, I just, when, whenever I, I teach in my programs or others, it's just like the way I look at it, most businesses in the world, you've got to have a physical location and real estate and, and inventory and fixed assets and all these costs. But luckily for accountants, we just need a laptop and a phone, basically an internet connection. And so what, what's our asset? It's ourselves, our knowledge, our education, our skills, our tools, invest in that just all the time and it can be as simple as listening to a podcast like this and getting new ideas that can be free to taking cpe or programs or or adding degrees or whatever it is you, you just build that knowledge up and it will translate into more value to your clients and you will will hopefully be successful Awesome. Well, definitely. Thank you for joining the show. I'm going to, I'm going to take the last word here and not let Adam jump in and say that uh, obviously Grant Thornton alumni are the best podcasters because both of us are obviously Grant Thornton alumni. So we'll have to find some more to, to get on the show. So I appreciate you joining us. Yay. Yes. Had a great time there. Thank you. Enjoy this podcast. Visit our website at summitcpa.net to get more tips and strategies for achieving modern CPA firm success. We're here to be a resource in this ever-changing industry. Thank you.